the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down, eating your soul. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Now, your host, Eric Cartier, Senior Pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary Church. Like a tide, it is rising up. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. Thank you so much for joining me. Hope that you're doing well and your commute is going well. I've got a guest with me, really excited about today's guest, Dr. Jeff Myers from Summit Ministries. He's the president of Summit Ministries, which is right here in Manitou Springs. So, Jeff, thanks so much for joining me. Eric, I'm glad to be on with you. It's <laughs> fun. We get a whole hour just to chat and catch yeah. up and it's great. talk How's, about truth. That's right. How's your day going? <laughs> Good. Thank you. Yeah. We just came back from a trip to Washington, D.C. to do some TV interviews and have some meetings on some of the key issues of our time. And uh, it is an interesting place Yeah, right now. What a, what a crucial time place. for sure. So crucial. Yes, I know. And a lot of Christians are saying, oh, my goodness, they're not going to talk about politics, are they? Because I'm so tired of hearing all of those things we don't have to talk about. But it was just that's what we've been up to. And it's I'll tell you what, Eric, when you when you go to places like Washington, D.C., you see what the world thinks power really is and what it represents. Hmm. But you also see believers who are a shining light. Yeah. In that city doing all kinds of different things. Yeah. And uh, I did a TV interview yesterday, came out of the studio and met uh, one of the reporters, and she is a graduate of Summit Ministries. So we wow, talked that's about awesome. Summit. It's just, it's just so fun to see people who are saying, yeah, we don't, we can, we can do something. We yeah. Can, we can stand up. We can step up. Yeah. We can engage, not escape. I think that that's a story that doesn't get told very often of just how God's working in Washington and believers that are serving and are salt and light and you know, we see it in the New Testament, right? Where, you know, Paul's right in the midst of it. And, and, but yet there's believers today that God's really using in that forum. Yeah. Yeah. Well, God cares about his people. Yeah. But the nations are as empty nothingness to him, as Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 40. Yeah. So he is not impressed by our power. What he's looking for is our, our faithfulness. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming in. You know, Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, a local show. And I know this is your home. Colorado Springs is your home. And Summit Ministries is headquartered out of here. And a lot of people know what you guys do, but some don't. So do you mind sharing with us about Summit Ministries? I'd be happy to. Well, maybe I could just tell a little of, of my own story. Yeah, that'd be it great. It just takes a minute. But I was one of those kids. I grew up in Detroit for the first part of my life, which is a rough place to grow up. I was offered hard drugs for the first time at seven years of age. Mm. And then my parents decided to move back to their roots. My folks were from Kansas and Oklahoma. Okay. So we moved back to Kansas from Detroit, Michigan to Great Bend, Kansas in three days. Now that's culture shock. Yeah. So we were part of a little church there where I knew people loved us. 
But I was always that kid who asked why. Mm. Why do we believe this? Why do we believe that? And, mm. and I wasn't finding good answers. I, I, at the time, it didn't make sense to me because I just always thought – I will love to learn. I want to ask questions all of the time. But a lot of people, their faith doesn't go through those street-level debates. And so those were the sort of people I, I was around. But I thought that because I couldn't get answers, that when I would graduate high school, I would also graduate from church. Okay. Yeah. And so as a pastor, Eric, you see these – I mean, you see the, it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah. These kids who are in youth group – they seem to be strong. They're doing well. Mm -hmm. They go off to college or into their career, and all of a sudden, they just they lose the plot. Yeah. And I, I was going to be one of those. I was going to be a statistic. But my parents arranged for me to come to little Manitou Springs, Colorado, mm. right at the foot of Pikes Peak, to a program called Summit Ministries mm. in the antique Grandview Hotel, which is just right above the downtown. You know, when you're yeah. up the stone stairs there in downtown Manitou, yeah. just go up that. That's Summit right there, yeah. right up above. So so how uh, many years ago was this? This was uh, when I graduated from high school. Okay. I couldn't, well, that was, gosh, that's going on, what? That's a long time. Let's just say it's a long time. <laughs> long time. Decades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... I found the director of the program, David Noble, and I said, man, I hope you have a lot of answers because I have a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> I was so full of myself. Mm. But he said, at Summit, we aren't afraid of questions. Mm. And that's what I needed to know. Yeah. So today, ironically, after all of these years, I have the privilege of leading the ministry that led me to the Lord. Mm. Awesome. And now getting to work with 70,000 young people every year. To prepare them, equip them to embrace God's truth and to champion a biblical worldview mm. through courses they study in their Christian school and homeschool through two-week programs here in Colorado, mm. as well as in Lookout Mountain, Georgia, and a number of other venues. Wow, it's, ama it's amazing. That's cool. God's yeah. good. He brought it full circle, didn't he? It was yeah. really full circle. Yes. Yeah. So when I'm when I'm with these students, I, you know, of course. Students, they have different challenges than they mm. did when I was growing up in some ways. But in many ways, the challenges were the same. How do I find a sense of purpose that gives me meaning in life? What is it that I really should believe in? What's true? And how do I know? Yeah, yeah. The questions, really, the core of those questions hasn't changed. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I think you're, uh, you're right. Yeah. Yes, all through time. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I I wrote this book uh, recently called Truth Changes Everything. And when people think of the word truth and they think of the New Testament, they almost immediately remember Pilate saying to Jesus, what is truth? Which is a question from 2000 years ago that the Greeks and the Romans had been asking for even longer than that. Yeah. And, and here we are all of these years later, and we still have those same kinds of questions. Yeah. Every gen no, you know, no generation gets it genetically. We have to train every generation. You know, scripture says in Psalm 78, mm. prepare the next generation to know the truth about God. So they will not be like their forefathers, a generation whose heart was not steadfast. Mm. So good. So your new book, it, it's just coming out. Has, has it come out yet? Truth Changes Everything? It, the new book is out. Truth Changes okay. Everything. Yes. And the uh, subtitle is how people of faith can bring transformation in a world of crisis. Okay. 
So I look at the battle over truth, and I hope we get a chance to talk about that a little bit, because to me, that's just the central battle of our time. But I also get a chance to tell a lot of stories. So most of the book is just story after story after story, most of which have not been told before Hmm. about Jesus followers who changed the course of history in science, art, and Hmm. all these different areas. Um, I did a show the other day with Eric Metaxas, yeah. who everybody on this uh, station would know about. Right, we, yeah. We, we've heard him on here and yeah. you know, seen his books and things like that. Yeah. I, I told him one of the stories from the book, and he said, you know what? That's amazing. I've never heard that story before. Now, that's and thought, no, and you got good I know, information. I yeah. like 25 books on history, so yeah. I thought, all oh, right, yes, there's a story in there that Eric hasn't heard. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. That's really great. I, I think that's a great, great topic, especially now, because so many... Believers, I think we're discouraged and and we feel like that, that there can't be change uh, in, in culture, but God's on the throne. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's a great time for the gospel mm-hmm. and, and God uses ordinary people that are willing uh, to, to change hearts and lives. So yeah. that, that's a great, yeah. great subject to write on. Well, yeah. every, every week at your church, you see mm-hmm. people saying, I have never heard this before, or it mm-hmm. never clicked for me before. Yeah. And I want to know the Lord and I, mm-hmm. I want to live a different kind of life. Yeah. At times of crisis are the very best time for communicating truth to people because often what people trusted in their job or a relationship or, maybe their future plans, all that's been let down. Yeah. You know, I think about it with these, with the young adults, Mm -hmm. number one fear of Gen Z is loneliness. Yeah, it's true. Think about how COVID affected them. Yeah. The very thing they fear the most is the thing that came true for them. Being lonely in their home, not being able to be with their friends and not being able to ask their teacher questions and, and all of those kinds of things. But we found more openness to biblical truth in this generation now than ever before. Wow. Are you seeing in the young people that are coming out to Summit like a renewed hunger? We'll, we'll, we'll catch that right after the break because we're going to head to a break. But you're listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Eric Cartier. I have Jeff Myers with me, the president of Summit Ministries. You're not going to want to miss this, so stay with us. We'll be right back after the break. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. Thanks so much for listening. Hope that your commute is going okay as you're on the roads. Just just want to remind you, today's show does turn into a podcast. Anywhere that you find your podcast, you can search Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Dr. Jeff Myers is with me, the president of Summit Ministries, right out of Manitou Springs here in Colorado Springs. And just sharing about his book, Truth Changes Everything, just came out. Such an important uh, topic. And and Jeff, if you don't mind, I know uh, that you uh, went through a, a battle with cancer, and, and this book was really birthed out of that journey with cancer. W- w- would you mind sharing that road with me? I'm sure it was a really difficult road, and some of the peaks and valleys of that of that journey. Yeah, well, I think everybody who's part of our listening family right now has had experiences mm. where they just didn't know if they were going to make it. Yeah. And going through cancer was one of those journeys for me. I remember Mm. sitting in the doctor's office and he said, look, this is bad. If we don't treat it, you're not going to make it. If we Mm. do treat it, we have a very good chance of beating it. Mm. But the treatment is very aggressive. And he was going through all of this. But the whole time I was thinking, uh, wow, I I wanted to grow old. 
and take road trips with my wife. Mm. I wanted to be able to hold my grandchildren. And so at the moment you learn of something like this, Eric, you, your whole life gets compressed mm. into just a moment. And, you know, I love, I love the apostle Paul's letter to Timothy, second Timothy. It's all, it's been one of my favorite books for a long time. And I recently just buckled down and memorized it. Wow. And it is his last letter. What would you say to somebody if you could mm. only write them one more letter? What would you say if you knew that phone call you're going to make would be the last time you would talk to a person? Mm. And authors go through that too. When I was writing, starting to write the book, I thought, what's the, what if, what if this is the last book I ever get to write? What, what would I write about? And I remember mm. David Noble, the president of Summit Ministries, telling me once, you know, the most important message to communicate to young adults is stand for truth mm. is the most important thing to stand for especially in a world that seems like distortion and lies and deception are a part of everyday life. So that's what I decided to write on. And, and I, I you know, I, I have a philosophical background, so that's always kind of bad. My wife, Stephanie, listens to me read chapters and she tells me, who is this for? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not for people like me. Uh, so I, I had to learn. I want to be wanted to be very practical. I don't want to mm. just be giving philosophical arguments for truth or refutations of relativism. So I decided to look back in history at a time of crisis that was the worst time possibly mm. in all of human history in the 1300s, the Black Death, mm. and and then ask what happened in response to that. Because mm. out of that time came the Renaissance, the Reformation, free market economics science, mm. the current systems of justice that provide more equal, ju not perfect mm. justice, but better justice than had been provided before, uh, rights for working people, all of these kinds of things came out of that. And I wondered what happened during those times. What I found mm. is that there were Jesus followers who believed not just that truth exists, but that Jesus is the truth. Mm. It's not awesome. just a logical proposition. It isn't, you can, you can make mathematical models that accurately represent different aspects of the universe in which we live. Truth is that, but it's more than that. It's personal. And if it's Jesus, then we bring that into everything we do. So Eric, mm. they brought it into science, mm. art, education, justice, politics, the uh, personal care, charity, medicine, all of these mm. different areas. And it was Jesus followers, Eric, mm. who in times of extraordinary crisis, were the ones who stepped up. They weren't writing on their college application, I want to change the world, you know, right. but they were, they really did because they were faithful to God, not just to go to church each Sunday, but to do everything that they did hmm. from the perspective of their faith. Hmm. It's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, it is a big difference, isn't it? Right? Because if, if going to church is our is the main thing and that's all that's our like we have we have busy lives we all have busy lives so we go to church think okay i gave my 2 hours to god the rest right. of it is my own then we we wonder sometimes why is why is it that so many people are so unfulfilled 75% of the young adults i work with say they do not have a sense of purpose that gives them meaning in life mm. half say they regularly struggle with anxiety and depression mm. uh, a lot of people on, in our listening family are on their way home from a job that they don't really feel engaged with. Right. Right. And you, you wonder, so what, what is this, you know, what is it? Is it just, okay, I get, I have the two hours every week to get away 
and just kind of think about God for a few minutes? Or is that the starting point for everything else that we do? And it turns out you, you can know. And the Jesus mm. followers I looked at in Truth Changes Everything, mm. they show the way. It really seems like we're at a similar point. You know, we're, we're the world's in crisis, not near as bad as the 13th century, but there's a lot of concern. I mean, we went to the grocery store this week and prices were up from last week and the economy's terrible and there's a lot of political concern and, and this weight is on everyone. And to have the reality of Jesus in your life and to know that he's truth and begin to live that out through the power of the Holy Spirit the the potential is great. I mean, we were kind of touching on it at the beginning of the show. There is God's redemptive purpose in these difficult times where we could see a lot of people turn to Christ and be saved. Yeah. I, uh, I'm seeing it. I'm yeah. seeing it with, this, with the young adults that we're working with. But I've had more conversations just even on the plane last night. The, the, it was a long flight. Yeah. Three hours. And the flight mm-hmm. attendants, you know, serve and then they're bored. And right. I was tired of sitting. So yeah. I stood up and just shared about the Lord with them. We had a wonderful mm. conversation Yeah, and people are, people are open. Uh, could I have done that five years ago? Possibly, mm. but I'm not sure that I, I think what's different is people are saying, okay, so that's interesting that you say that. What about this? Or what about that? Mm. I feel that there's more of an engagement uh, and, you know, being able to share the Lord with people uh, in everyday circumstances mm-hmm. without it coming across as forced. Right. Right. That's yeah. what happens when everybody's a little worried and, and not sure what's going to happen next in our culture. Yeah. Yeah. How would you kind of equip listeners, the body of Christ to enter into some of these difficult spaces, to have these difficult conversations? I think a lot of us are, are pretty apprehensive. You know, what if I start talking about Jesus and they ask me something that I don't know, or, you know, how would you kind of encourage the the listener to enter into some of this space to begin to share truth? Yeah. Eric, my answer to the question is a little bit long, but I hope, yeah, it, I hope we it got makes, time. I hope it makes sense. So we've done a lot of polling at summit ministries. We work with major research companies to try to understand the cultural moment. And we put a lot of it on our website. You go to summit.org and you can see a lot of places there where you can see that research. But one thing we've discovered is there is a percentage of the American population of people who are just jerks. Hmm. They just don't, they're just jerks. They don't listen to people. They say that they, when you talk about the cancel culture, they're like, oh yeah, I do that. I'm proud Hmm. of it. You know, Hmm. I cancel people all the time. They Hmm. say things like, Uh, I respond to problems by cutting other people out of my life. Hmm. And it's perfectly appropriate to yell at people if you don't agree with, you know, stuff like that. Okay. But you know what the percentage is? Five to 8%. Okay. Five to 8% of the people are jerks. It's good to know. It is good to know. (laughs) Yeah. Because what that means is 92 to 95% really aren't that way. Yeah. And so sometimes I think... As Christians, we get afraid because we think, oh, man, I saw that video with this atheist. And boy, he if I ran into somebody like that, I wouldn't know what to say. I would feel like a fool. Hmm. Very few people are actually like that. Yeah. Out of every 20 conversations, 18 or 19 of them are not going to be like that. So we have to not let the fear of the one or two guide us for the other 19 or 20 That's or 18 so or 19. Yeah. Okay. So that helped me. And yeah. I'm not a big numbers guy, but just knowing that the odds are that when I bring up a topic and ask about it, like, for example, do you ever think about spiritual things? 
what do you think about what is going on in the country? Mm, that's uh, a great lead you know, in. And yeah. we, we were in a, we, we had that conversation in, you know, Washington, D.C., where we just came back from. You have to ride in an Uber everywhere. Right. So we had five or six Uber drivers. All of them were from a different country than the United States in their origin. And all of them, when we asked them, how are things going? How do you see things happening here? You have a lot of people in, on the, in your car. Uh, what do they think? And it started a conversation with all of them. Wow, that's great, Jeff. Yeah. We'll jump back into that. We're going to head to a break. Stay with us. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. Hope that you're doing well. You're enjoying your fall. Can't believe we're almost at November 1st. Time's just flying for sure. Got Dr. Jeff Myers with me, the president of Summit Ministries, which is headquartered out of Manitou Springs. And he just wrote a new book called Truth Changes Everything. Really appreciate you taking the time to to be with us today, Jeff. And we were talking about the break, the the last chapter, you know, of of your book of yeah. of of how to share Christ and be nice. You know how to how to come across in a way that really expresses the, the love of Christ. I think we really need that. Could could you share with us about that chapter? Uh, I'd be happy to. Yeah, I call yeah. I called the chapter. This is in the book Truth Changes Everything. I, I called it how to speak the truth and be nice at the same time. Mm. Now I had a friend recently say, but we're not supposed to be nice. That's not our calling. And so I, I said, well, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but that's what people want to do. Most people want to be people who get along with others. So how do you do that and speak the truth? Right. Because that can be a conflict, right? We found in a lot of our polls, two thirds of Americans are pretty common sense you know, straightforward people. They believe in our country. They want it to do better. Mm. And half of them, though, say that they don't ever confront bad ideas because they don't want to offend anyone. Mm. Now, if half the people who really get truth and believe it and have basic core, solid traditional values don't want to say anything so as not to offend anyone, we've got a real problem on our hands. Yeah. So at the core of it, Eric, is recognizing that truth and relationship always go together. Hmm. So from a, this is from a biblical worldview. Not every right. worldview is going to hold this. Right. But from a biblical worldview, and there are people listening right now of all different kinds of worldviews. But if you start with Scripture, then you're going to end up looking at the life of Christ. And when you look at the life of Christ, you'll realize Jesus says, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the truth. In other words, it's truth is personal. Jesus said in John 8, 31 and 32, if you follow my teachings, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm. The word there for truth in Greek, and here I am talking to a pastor about this, but it's this Greek word, aletheia, which means reality. So you could translate that passage. If you follow my teachings, you will know reality and knowing reality will set you free. Mm. Okay, so Jesus is not saying, "Hey, know your truth, buddy." You know, right. you got your truth. Speak it. You know, yeah. get, you know, be confident. Whatever works for you. Yeah. Right? No, he's he's saying, no, there is a truth, and it's personally incarnated. Is you know, is the term that we use for for in in Jesus. Okay, so truth and relationship always go together. Picture a DNA double helix, two strands intertwining with one another, connected with nucleotides like a twisty ladder. Right? Yeah. 
One strand is truth. The other strand is relationship. So what are you doing when you speak truth? All you're doing is connecting truth and relationship for Mm. other people every day. That's it. Yeah. Okay. The goal in any given conversation is not to feel like you're a failure if you haven't given them an opportunity to personally trust Jesus Christ as their savior, you know, around the water cooler at work. Yeah. You are connecting truth and relationship helping people come to a knowledge of the truth. This is how the Apostle Paul put it to Timothy, uh, that they might come to a knowledge of the truth, that they will come to their senses, perhaps, and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. So that's what we do. How do you do it? Asking questions. Mm. This is what I love, Eric. Some people have told me, man, I I wouldn't know what to say in this conversation. I wouldn't know how to talk to this person. This person's going through a really tough time in their life and I'm not much of a counselor. I don't know what to tell them. Well, don't tell. Ask. Yeah. Just ask questions. Yeah. I really like to know how you're doing. Hmm. I mean, how you're really doing. Yeah. Not what you think you're supposed to say. Just ask questions like that. When somebody says something you disagree with, some controversial issue, say, wow, that's interesting. I I have such a different way of approaching that, but I'm really curious. Why do you say that? Hmm. Or, you know, tell me more about that. Yeah. Those are just five words. Tell me more about that. Mm. But they can alter a conversation and change a relationship. Yeah. What do you mean by that? You use the term justice. You said so-and-so is unjust or whatever. Mm -hmm. What, you know, when you're using the term justice, what does that represent? Mm -hmm. How do you know that's true? How did you arrive at that conclusion? So in the, in the chapter, I actually give 14 things that you can do including what to do when you come up against people who are disagreeable because mm. you eventually do meet those people, right? especially around election time, right? Because yeah. people are talking about politics just like they talk about their football teams. Right. And they got their side, you got your side, and it gets it can get pretty heated sometimes. It can. You know, even when we think we're just sharing our views uh, today because people don't have a basis of truth, they if you give your view, they take it as a personal offense. It's not just like you're approaching the issue differently. It's right. you're personally being offensive, and yeah. that can happen. I think we've really lost ground in that in our culture. It's It seemed like maybe even 10, 20 years ago, you could talk about differing views without it being so offensive. Uh, but to, to have a contrary view uh, all of a sudden can become very you know, we get very offended. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's when you, do you ever get that feeling when you're talking to someone that they don't just think you're wrong? They think you're bad. Yes. Yeah. And when you have that feeling, then you think, well, no matter what I say, it's going to make it worse. And the impulse is just to say nothing at all. Right. So one of the strategies I talk about in truth changes everything is to how to talk about the talk. Mm. And you know, this from all of the marriage counseling that you have done, uh, when there's a spousal conflict, what it's about is never what it's about. <laughs> That's right. There's yeah. always something below the surface. Yeah. So you can talk, you have to learn to talk about the talk. Right. You have to learn to say in a conversation, I want to share what I think, but I feel nervous about it because I don't, I want to get along with you. I don't want to feel like we're judging one another for what we believe. Right. You know, how should we proceed in this conversation that will bring us closer to the truth without making us angry at each other. Right. You know, yeah. the, you just, just talk about it, share your concerns, deal with the awkwardness. Exactly. And if somebody, if you think, Oh boy, they are going to say something. I don't know how to respond to it. Just say it. Just say that. Yeah. But, wow. One thing that makes me nervous about talking about tough topics is that I kind of freeze up and I don't feel like mm. I know what to say. 
So I hope it's okay if after we talk about some things that I go think about it a little bit more and then maybe we can talk again. That's a great point. I, I've done that a lot as a pastor. You know, people ask me questions and I'm like, to be honest with you, I don't know, but give me a week, I'll look into it and let me get back with you, you know, and yeah. and you, that's a great response, you know, and I think people respect that authenticity too of, of honestly, I don't know. Let me, let me look into that, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Well, can you imagine how comforting it is to have a pastor say, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you kind of expect that, well, the pastor is a different sort of person. Right. He knows yeah. everything. He yeah. knows, he knows it all. He went to Bible college. He knows everything. Yeah. And so I, I don't know anything. Hmm. So if, if pastor says, I don't know, I want to look into it. I want to think about it. I want to pray about it. Yeah. Then it shows that you're a learner. Yeah. And I, I think there's great value in that. Yeah, so we, we can somehow hmm. step away from this idea that you got to be that person who, like on the internet, you know, they always know the answer to everything. Right. After they've edited their video for yeah. three hours, right? <laughs> I really think it's God's heart mm-hmm. for us as believers right now to to be loving people in Jesus' name, to be sharing truth, to share truth and love. And I think the enemy would love to keep believers silent, uh, but God's placed you strategically around unbelievers that are curious uh, about the gospel and to get involved in their lives and and not shy away from the opportunity to to share Jesus with them. And I think it's when the Christian life gets really exciting, you know, because then all of a sudden there's some more purpose to go into work. There's there's more purpose in living in your neighborhood and your apartment complex than than just surviving. It's like God what kingdom work is happening, you know, and how can I yeah. be a part of what you're doing in people's lives? Yeah, yeah. I tend to think this way that people aren't interested in Jesus. You know, the, the enemy gets me thinking that way. Well, I, I, they wouldn't be interested in Jesus. It's like, well, why should I assume that for them? They they may really be interested in Christ. Let, let's find out, you know? Yeah. So. Well, you can, find, you can find the opportunity to have so many conversations if people believe that you're a person they can talk to. Yeah. So if you're the sort of person who you always have an opinion, you always throw it out there, you never leave room for other people to share, Yeah, then they probably aren't going to ask a lot of questions. That's great. Great insight, Jeff. You're listening to Crosswalk Carl Springs. We're headed to a break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. 100.7, The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Dr. Jeff Myers is with me, president of Summit Ministries, really enjoying our conversation. I know you guys have taken on a new endeavor, which I really appreciate, all these new steps of faith. It's called Now We Live, and it's really targeted towards churches, small groups, and and churches understanding a biblical uh, worldview. Could you share with us about that? Yeah, well, Eric, pastors have been telling us for some time now, they're very concerned that people who come to church and claim to be Christians uh, don't have a biblical worldview. And we found out it's probably four out of five. They mm. just, I mean, they're coming, they're there, they love Jesus. They just don't get the whole plot for how all these pieces come together. Mm. How does this affect truth? Yeah. Is everything it's about Jesus. Is that really true? Is the Bible really true? It, can we, does this affect how we view society? You know, what if I don't want to be a, a political person? Right. right. All so people have all of these conflicts that are going on in their in their heads, and in their hearts. So now we live. It's a free uh, for churches. It's a small group course. 
the videos are 13 or so 13 to 15 minutes, 13 minutes. I think most of them are 13 minutes and each one features people you'll know. So Kurt Cameron mm. is one of the people in, in the videos, Lee Strobel, who wrote the book mm. case for Christ is yeah. in there. Uh, we were talking during the break about a band, a Christian band that's <laughs> been around for a long time called skillet. Yeah. John and Corey Cooper lead that band and they are in the videos as well. Mm. So everybody's talking about what it means to have a biblical worldview. Mm. What does that actually mean? How do you know it's true? How does it fit together with everything else in life? So you just, Season one is six episodes. So for six weeks with your small group, you watch the video for 13 minutes, and then mm. there's some discussion questions, mm. and you talk about it. Sounds great. So the goal is just to double people's understanding of a biblical worldview. But, you know, not not by – so there's often this thing of let's compromise the truth or kind of soft sell it sure. so that people can enter into it without it being too abrasive. This these The people are in these videos are so – Good. They're so vulnerable. They're so honest, but they're so clear in their communication mm. that people won't be offended. I think they'll be there. They'll be compelled. That's great. And, and we've gotten reports, but just it's brand new. So it's but thousands and thousands of people are going through this already. That's awesome. And it's been fun to hear about. So if you've got a small group, yeah. maybe your church has a small group. Yeah. Sys- program. And and probably if you talk to the person who runs it, they say, yeah, we're always looking for good things to do in small groups. Yeah, because some, sometimes it's hard just to get a conversation going. Not everybody's a natural born Bible study leader. If you can start with a video and then have a discussion about it, and it's a lot more fun. Yeah, we're definitely going to take a look at it at Rocky Mountain Calvary. It sounds so important. You were sharing with me on, on the break that something like 19% of people that go to church on a regular basis actually have a biblical worldview. And that, that's heartbreaking. You know, that, yeah. that kind of really... Sp- speaks to the church. It's a slap in the face of the church of like, okay, what, what's going on? People are yeah. coming here, but they're not understanding a biblical uh, worldview. So sounds like a really needed tool. Yeah. Now we live.com is the way to find out information yeah. about it. And it's free. You set up an account when you go on there and then all the information comes to you and then you can get it started with small groups, share mm-hmm. it with your pastor. If you are a small group leader, or even if you're not a small group leader, you can just recommend it to somebody say they were talking about this on the radio pastor would you check it out and see if uh, now we live is something that we could use in our small group so now we live.com and the goal is to double the percentage of people who go to church who have a biblical worldview awesome sounds good yeah definitely check it out now we live uh, com. how about for those listeners that are saying i'd like to come to summit ministries i'm in that that demographic 18 to 25 you know, or I would like to to send my my son, my daughter. You know, how how can they do that? Yeah, we're we're looking for the so our, our the best age range seems to me sixteen to twenty two. Okay, so on the way to college or career, and then just into college. And okay, career. yeah, sixteen to twenty two years of age, two weeks long. Go to summit dot org. Hmm. This two week experience has a profound impact on people's lives. And we mentioned 19% of people who go to church have a biblical worldview. Well, in Gen Z, it's 4%, mm. 4%. Wow. So we've, we've found that by coming for two weeks, listening to these great communicators whose books on apologetics and worldview and economics and all these other things help the students find answers to their big questions. They move from 4% having a biblical worldview to 85% having a biblical worldview Wow! in the course of two weeks. So it kind it's of amazing. It, it's, it's amazing how the community that it's created, that cr- is created the, the willingness of our speakers to engage any question 
on any topic to help young adults form a consistent, coherent faith really lights people up. Yeah, that's awesome. And so there's an opportunity to do that here in Manitou Springs. You stay out in Manitou Springs, mm-hmm. the students, but there's also an opportunity out on the east, in we the do south, have it right? In Lookout Mountain, Georgia. So okay. that's in, in, south, in the southeastern United States, people will know right above Chattanooga is this really cool mountain, Lookout Mountain. And it's sort of like... Uh, Sort of a Colorado vibe. Okay. In, but in, in, so it's still in the mountains. It, but it's in yeah. the mountains in, in Georgia. But all the fun stuff you can do there. And a lot of people from Colorado have decided to go out there. I'm thinking yeah. of one particular family who they said, oh, we haven't been there before. We can fly into there and and experience part of the country we haven't been to before and get a great two-week experience. Yeah, I have some really close family friends where, where their daughter decided to go to Georgia this summer just because she's always here, you know. And so going to Manitou didn't seem exciting, but going to Georgia did. So they, they chose to send her to Georgia. Yeah, you it's know? funny how many people from Georgia say, I can't wait to go to Colorado. Yeah. So, But whatever whatever works is yeah. the key. If having an adventure, getting on a plane or doing a road trip is what it's going to take for parents or grandparents to get those kids there, then, you know, keep that, keep that in mind. Yeah. And a lot of people, are, it's grandparents who say, hmm. look, uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to pay for this. Yeah. I'm going to pay for this. I really believe in this. This is my investment in you, hmm. son or daughter, child or grandchild. Yeah. This is my investment in you because yeah. I want you to be in a place where truth is going to be talked about and you can come to an understanding of the truth. Do you guys have anything set up where, say someone's listening and they're like, my kids are past that age or I, I never was able to have kids, but I've got a heart for this next generation where they give scholarships because it's not cheap. I mean, you guys have expenses and yeah. then these families have expenses. Is there is there ways where people can you know, basically send a kid to summit or partially send a kid to summit. Eric, thank you for asking that. I appreciate that because it is the full freight price for a two week program for a young adult is about Mm $2,000. So a lot of people say, uh, you know what? I'd like to, I want to take on a personal sponsorship, $2,000. If I, if I could do that, then you can get a kid there who might not otherwise be able to attend. Yeah. And then, and then what we'll do is we have them write you a note. That's cool. uh, so that you can hear about the impact that the program had on their life. That's and, great. And that's, that's what's really special. It's a great investment of $2,000 right there. Yeah, yeah that, that's, it is. That's cool. I want to say thank you to you, Jeff, and to Summit as well. Your, your heart for the community for Colorado Springs. I know you're a national organization, but we just had our pastor's appreciation lunch and first responders, and, and you guys were one of the sponsors that helped make that happen. And so... And just knowing you over these years, you you love the city, you love Colorado Springs and and the Front Range. So thanks for your investment in Colorado Springs and the churches here and and your heart for the city. We really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Eric. I I know everything on the station is just, it's everything about this is first class. And Mm -hmm. I love the fact that you're doing this show Mm -hmm. and uh, I love the organization, the company that's behind all of this. And it was just to watch the pastors Mm -hmm. and first responders and we were out of flying w yeah you can't know, beat that because most yeah. of us can remember going out there in, yeah. back in the day yeah then it burned down in the fire which was incredibly sad but they've built it all back up now mm-hmm. and it it's was just beautiful. so fun to get those those tin plates full of all of the yeah <laughs> the meat and biscuits and and then to have the first responders there as well the leaders of our fire departments mm-hmm. 
uh, EMTs, the, the leaders of our police department, all of these people. But pa- uh, Pastor, I just want to say thank you to you because I, I do believe pastors are also first responders. Hmm. You know, what's the gut reaction of somebody who's in a really tough spot? Is there a pastor I can talk to? Hmm. Is there somebody who can pray with me? Is there somebody who can help? So thank you for for everything that you do. Oh, you're welcome. Hey, before I let you go, we got about a minute. Uh, What do you like to do for fun in the city, in Colorado Springs? Or 30 seconds. I love getting out on the trails. Okay. I think that is so much fun. You know, in Manatee Springs, there's the Intamin Trail. I love getting on that trail to run. That is my happy place. Okay. Well, thanks, Jeff. And thanks for listening. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.